It is a good morning. Uh, I am glad to be here. I am glad to be the pastor of this church. Uh, Y'all make me proud, and I love you very much. And uh, so my name is Justin, and uh, and uh, we just wrapped up a series called I Ain't Scared. Um, and that whole series was, was just about, um, man, claiming that in, in God, in Christ, in Jesus, and in, under his righteousness, uh, we have nothing to fear. Absolutely nothing to fear. And I hope you got the message last week um, that I was trying to communicate. And really, I just want us to understand that in um, that last week's message was called, uh, I Ain't Scared of God. All right. And I really want you to understand that we don't have to fear God. That, that yes, there is a place, absolutely, we respect him. Absolutely, we're, we come and we approach him humbly. Um, but we don't have to be afraid of God because of the grace and the mercy that he offers us um, in Jesus Christ. And, and so I think when we start to understand that grace, then, then we can start to overcome some of those misunderstandings, some of those um, wrong understandings that we kind of just assume as we grow up um, and that, that God is something to be feared and he is, he is far off, but he is not. He is close, and he is not a person or a being to be, to be uh, afraid of. We don't have to be afraid because we are his children. Um, he has declared that over us. And so um, I just really, really wanted to, to hit that again and just say, I mean, I hope you understand that, that God, we don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be scared of God. And, and so we're not going to walk through life like that. We're going to walk through life in relationship with him. But we wrapped that up, so that's last week. I don't need to preach that again. Um, and, uh, and so we're moving on, and we're going to move into a couple of messages called uh, From the Junk Drawer. And so these aren't going to be very good messages, so if you need to miss a week, this is probably going to be... No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so From the Junk Drawer. At my house, we always have a junk drawer. It's, it, actually, we have multiple junk drawers. It's a place where things collect, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a drawer full of things that don't really fit with anything else. They don't really fit in any other category, um, you know, pocket knives or uh, uh, scissors or, or things like that. You know, you've got a, you've got a utensil drawer, like you, you've got forks and knives. Those kind of go together. We have a drawer that has uh, saran wrap and, and tin foil and plastic bags and things like that, right? Those all kind of fit in the same categories. But then you got your junk drawer that's full of things that don't really fit together, and it's just kind of thrown in there, and, and you know when you need packing tape, you're going to go, and you're going to go to the junk drawer, because that's where it's going to be, because it doesn't really fit anywhere else. So that's what this next, these next couple of messages are going to be. It's, it's, uh, it's not really a series. It's just a, a set of messages that don't really fit with anything else, um, but it's something that, uh, you know, in my reading, my own personal devotions or whatever, I felt like God saying, hey, you know what, this would be really good. We need to, we need to look at this. We need to address this. Um, but it's not something worth like a whole series on. So, uh, so we're going to be going to the junk drawer this morning uh, and next week and the following week. And we're going to go to the junk drawer. And this morning we're going to pull out um, a passage from Psalm 91. It's just a couple of verses. And we're going to go there. So Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2. And it says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. All right, so this is a pretty straightforward scripture, right? It's very psalm-like. If I would tell you this scripture without telling you where you would find it, you'd probably say, hmm, psalms, right? That it really just fits in there. It feels very like David is saying this thing, I, although I don't know if David wrote this or not. Um, but it's very psalm-like, and it's very straightforward. But really what, what I honed in on as I was reading this or that struck me as different was the phrase in, in the second part of verse 1. 
You will rest or we will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow. And I just started to think about what is a shadow and what do shadows do and how do we experience shadows in our world and, and really just kind of wrestle with that idea. So, so we're going to talk about shadows for a second, all right? We know what shadows are. Shadows are, there's a, there's a source of light and, and a shadow is created when there is an opaque object, something that's blocking that light and then the shadow results. So, so we have a light here, we have a podium, and we have a shadow of the podium. So this podium is blocking the light and it's creating that shadow. And so in our world, we kind of understand that shadow, it's, shadows really aren't a thing. They're kind of like an absence of a thing. They're, they're the absence of the light. The light is being blocked. And I think we get these negative images about shadows so much because we think of, um, well, we think of light and, and light and dark and, and good and evil and things like that. And so if we think, well, the light is being blocked, so then there's, there's something negative in the dark and, and things like that. And so we, we have these negative images. And, and when we talk about that, you can say um, negative images in, in the sense that shadows can be dark and scary, right? Shadows can be dark and scary. And when you see a shadow, um, you're not seeing the thing because you're, you're seeing like the absence of that thing that's reflected. And it's not even reflected. That's the wrong way to say it. But it's the absence. It's, it's, it's the light is blocking it. And so when you look at a shadow, you can't see any detail. Right? You can't see the details. You kind of see like the outline of what the, of what the thing is or what you think the thing is. Because the truth is, shadows are distorted. Shadows get distorted and get weird. And, and so, um, you know, we, we think of being in a dark room at night with, with a little nightlight um, as a kid. And, and you can kind of create these monsters with your head because the shadow doesn't really look like what is actually there. Um, and, and that kind of a thing. So shadows can be dark and scary. And when somebody, I mean, you even have the expression, like, if somebody is afraid of their shadow, that means they're, like, jumpy and on edge, right? That's a negative thing. Um, you can talk about the idea of being in someone's shadow. That's a negative thing. We don't want to be in somebody else's shadow. Like, if you have a family member or, a, or a, a, I mean, a father or a mother or, or a sibling who's really athletic or, or really, you know, really popular, somehow a celebrity, then, then the rest of the siblings can kind of feel like they're growing up in that shadow of that other person. And it can be like that negative thing. And, and I was reading Miles, our oldest, a book a while back, and it's, I don't even remember the name of it, but it, it's about a little boy who's 10 or 12, um, and he grew up with a father who was uh, a professional football player. Um, and, and so, of course, if dad's a professional football player, you know, the kid's going to be really athletic. Um, but the reality was the athletic genes went to his sister, this little boy's sister, and so she was the football player, and, um, and, and so not only was he, like, growing up in the shadow of his father, trying to live up to that expectation, but he was also, like, struggling with, with his sister being the popular one, and his sister being the athletic one, and being everything that he was supposed to be, quote, supposed to be, and so he really just wanted to step out of that shadow and be who he was and let the light hit him instead of standing behind somebody else. So we don't like the idea of standing in someone else's shadow. That's a negative thing. We also have the idea of, of, you know, a shadow came over the land. Like in fantasy novels, oh, the shadow came over the land. Or somebody say, you say a shadow came, there's a shadow on his face. Those are negative things, right? That means there's some darkness there. There's something, something not good going on. So all these negative ideas of shadows. But what, is, what does it mean then when the psalmist writes, to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Because that's, that sounds like a positive thing, doesn't it? 
So we're resting in the shadow of the Almighty. Well, when do we think of shadows as being a good thing? We think of shadows as being a good thing when we call it something different. We call it shade, right? That's just a shadow, but we think of shade as like a good thing. Shade is being, it, it, it means like it's, it's protection. It's, it's resting under the shade of a tree. There's a lot of places I love on this earth, but there's a lot that don't come close to me resting in my hammock underneath a tree on a warm day in the shade of those trees, right? And, and it's, it's being protected from the harsh sun that's, that's falling out around it or falling all around me. Um, so we think of shade differently. But really, it's the same thing. We're resting in the shadow of the Almighty. So Psalm 91 says, we rest in the shadow of the Almighty or the shade of the Almighty. We seek refuge from the harsh conditions, from the harsh world all around us. We find rest. It's like sitting under a tree on a hot day. We find that it's a little bit more tolerable to be here, to be in this place when we rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So it sounds like a good thing. So if we recognize that being in the shadow of the Almighty is a good thing, then I want to think about a little bit this morning about, okay, well, how do we get there? What does it look like to rest in the shadow? And how, what, what are the conditions that lead us to rest in the shadow of the Almighty? And so I've got a couple of thoughts this morning. Number one, this is not a formula, okay? It's not a formula. So if you try and pattern your life after these things, I'm not guaranteeing you anything. But it's some thoughts that will lead you into this place, all right? So number one, if you're going to find yourself in the shadow of anything, you have to be close to it, Right? You have to be, there's, there's an element of like proximity that, that, that happens here. Now, some shadows can be really big. Like if you look at the shadow of a cloud, you ever seen the shadow of a cloud move across? Um, that's pretty big. But you have to be relatively close to the thing. If I want to stand in the shadow of this podium, I have to be relatively close to it. I have to find myself somewhat close to it. And so if, if we're going to rest in the shadow of the Almighty, that means that we're going we're gonna to have to be close to the Almighty. We're going to be have, to have to be close to our Father in that way. Or at least we could say, the closer you are to an object, the more likely you are to find yourself in its shadow. So what does that have to do with anything? If we want to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, then we have to find ourselves close to Him. We have to find ourselves close to Him. James 4.8 says this, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Or draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But we recognize, all right, well, okay, all right, wait a minute. We're talking about God. God is everywhere, right? God is everywhere present. So what does it mean to come near to God? What does it mean to be close to God? Why would James say that? He says that because there's a big difference between physical proximity and intimacy. Big difference between just physically being close to someone and having an intimate relationship with someone. Now, let's clear that up, because intimacy, our world would say that intimacy equals sex, right? Intimacy equals sexual relations, but that's not true. It's not true at all. You can have sex without being, having an intimate relationship with someone, and you can have an intimate relationship with someone without involving any kind of sex, okay? So let's clear that up, first of all, because intimacy, intimacy means to be close with a person, to be one with a person. They know about you. You know about them. There's a, there's a, a, a knowledge of that personality of it within the person. You know hopes and dreams. You talk about hopes and dreams with that person. They know, uh, they know things about you that no one else knows on this earth, right? It's an intimacy. It's a closeness in that relationship. It means the ability to, to sit with someone in awkward silence 
and it not be awkward. That's an intimate relationship. To be able to sit with people. I remember my grandparents um, would come up and, and visit us uh, at our house in North Carolina. They lived in Florida, Florida, and they would come up and visit us. And we had built like this um, kind of like a kitchenette and a dining area for them down in the basement. And um, my grandparents would go through the process of making dinner. My, my, my grandma would go through the process of making dinner while my grandpa sat and watched her. Um, so they would, go, she, they would go through the process of making dinner. Um, my, my, they would sit down at the table and they would eat dinner. And they could go through an hour, hour and a half of this process without saying a word to each other. And it wasn't awkward. And it wasn't because they were trying to throw the cold shoulder, right? It was just because they, they were that close in their relationship. They didn't have to talk in order to communicate. They didn't have to talk in, it to, in order for it to be comfortable or not awkward anymore. Intimacy also doesn't require physical closeness. You don't have to be in the same presence as somebody. Julie and I started dating when we were 15 and 16. We lived four hours apart. She was in Kentucky. I was in North Carolina. That relationship became an intimately close relationship without physically being next to each other because we were communicating because an intimate relationship requires honesty it requires vulnerability it requires communication it's a two-way thing talking and listening right so to be close to god to be close to the almighty means we've got to be near him in the sense we've got to have an intimate relationship with him we've got to be close so to draw near to God, we have to be close to him in order to rest in his shadow, right? So here's a formula for you this morning for intimacy. Intimacy equals time plus vulnerability. All right? Intimacy equals time plus vulnerability. Think about it. The closeness of a relationship is directly linked to how much time you spend with someone and how vulnerable you are with them, with that person. That will define the level of intimacy in your relationship. The more guarded the more, the, I am, right, the, the further my relationship is going to be with someone. The more open, the more honest I am with someone, the closer the potential for that relationship to be. So to be able to rest in the shadow of the Almighty, it means we've got to spend time with him. And not, visit, not time where we're just, you know, we're putting in time, right? We're reading, oh, I got my devotion. I read my devotion. I do that before I do anything. I check it off the list. Now I'm gone, right? No, we're talking about focused time with God. So we're, we are talking about doing our reading. We are talking about praying. We are talking about spending some time. But we're asking God and we're listening to God. It's a two-way communication. And we're sitting and we're resting in his presence in order to build the intimacy of that relationship. Most of you have probably heard of the five love languages. Um, it's a thing by Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, and, and basically, he says that, that there's five love languages, and they all, um, they, they amount to this. People understand and communicate love in five different ways. In those ways, let's see if I can remember them. Um, words of affirmation, uh, they communicate love in quality, by quality time, by acts of service, by um, gifts, and by physical touch, right? So, and, and his theory is we lean towards one of those things in our understanding communication of love or friendship or things like that with people. One of those love languages is quality time. And I always talk about in our, in our marriage counseling, our premarital counseling we do with couples, quality time does not mean the amount of time you spend with somebody. Because you can spend all day long sitting on opposite ends of the couch, you're in the same room, you're even on the same uh, piece of furniture, but if you're staring at your phones the entire time, you go out to dinner, you're going to have date night, and you stare at your phone the entire time, that's not quality time. That's distracted time, right? Right? 
You're there together, but you're not having a focused quality time. Quality time is where you're looking into each other's eyes long, not longly, um, uh, but where you're communicating with one another, right? Where you're focused on the other person and you're open and you're honest about what's going on in this life, right? It's a conversation, two-way street. So intimacy with God or being close with God, if we're going to rest in God's shadow, then we're going to have to have an intimate relationship with him. It means we're going to have to be honest. We're going to have to be vulnerable with God. And we're going to have to say, you know what, God, this is how I feel about this right now. I know you already know that. But this is how I feel about this right now. This is what's going on in my life. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to what you have to say about this, God. Because he already knows what's going on, but he also wants the intimacy of the relationship when we speak it and when we, when we talk about it with him. And it's inside an intimate relationship like that that we can understand what it means to rest in God's shadow, to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So we're going to rest in, in, in his shadow, number one. If, if we're going to rest in the shadow, then we have to, number one, be close to him. We have to have an intimate, honest, uh, vulnerable relationship with him. Number two, if you're going to rest in the shadow of the Almighty, we've got to be still. Right? Think about a shadow. Now, don't look at my shadow because my shadow is moving a whole lot. Look at the shadow of the podium. Right? If you can see it. How fast is it moving? It's not. Right? It's not. Think about the, the pace of a shadow. I, I love the, those time-lapse videos uh, when, you, when you watch and you see the sun moving across like it's a nature scene or whatever. And you see clouds flying by. You see cars, people flying by. But you watch, if you watch the shadows, it's a slow pace, right? It takes all day long for that shadow to get across that field because of the pace of the sun. The pace of a shadow is, is not fast. If we're going to be in God's shadow, if we're going to rest in the shadow of the Almighty, we've got to be still, right? We've got to quiet ourselves. We've got to take the time and be still. Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. See, if, if, if the shadow of the Almighty is going to be a place of refuge and rest for us. If we want to stay in that place of refuge and rest, then we're going to have to be still. We're going to have to stop being so busy. We're going to have to stop uh, jumping from thing to thing that caught, that, that's demanding our attention. See, the mo for the most part, I think for most of us, our lives get pretty crazy, don't they? We find ourselves running all over the place all the time. So we're taking kids to school. We're picking kids up from school. We're taking them to practice. We're picking kids up for practice. We're going to performances. We're doing homework. We're, doing, uh, we're going to work. We're going to church. We're going to school. We got to check that email. We got to answer that message. We got to answer that phone call, right? It's like time, boom, 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 boom. We're moving, moving, moving all the time. And God is saying, just be still. Just be still. If you want to be in the shadow, be still and know and rest in the shadow of God shadow of the almighty it's even in our minds we're constantly thinking constantly moving jumping from one thing to the next there's a lot of studies out there that say that you know our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter there's also a lot of studies out there that say that's not true so i don't know if that's true or not but i can say for sure at least in my life there is an ever-increasing amount of things that are demanding our attention there is a, there is a constant constant amount or not a constant like an ever-increasing amount of things that are demanding we pay attention to them whether it is email whether it is social media whether it is just the news and things going on whether it's friendships relationships that we feel like we've got to maintain 
right? All of those things, like an ever-increasing amount of things that are, that are uh, wrestling for our, our attention, the attention of our, of our minds. And so we're, we're, we're trying to, to figure out, okay, what does it mean then to be still? What does it mean to take a break, to breathe, and to be still in order to rest in the shadow? So for some of us, being still might mean we have to stop some things. It might mean we have to take a break from some things. I was having a conversation with Julia not too long ago. And the result of that conversation was, I'm going to be stepping back from social media. I'm going to put the brake on it because it's demanding too much of my time. It's demanding, I'm spending way too much time scrolling through social media, through Facebook, through Instagram, whatever. And I'm not, it's, 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 I'm not gaining anything from it. It's distracting my time. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be on it. I will be on it from time to time. But for me, I need to step back from it. And I need to focus on the things that, that are actually productive for me. So I need to take a step back from that to be still and to calm down, to breathe on that. So just FYI, if I don't like your post or I don't comment on it or I don't share it or whatever, it's not because I don't like you. It's not because I don't care about you. It's not because that's not important to me. It's just because I probably haven't seen it. And I would love for you to call or text me about it and tell me because then we can talk about it. And that would be a good thing, right? But maybe for you, it's not social media. Maybe for you, uh, it's TV. Maybe it's for, for you, it's, it's kids' activities, things that we're involved in as a family. Maybe it's time to take a step back from some of those things, to slow down. Whether, because, because if we're going to be still, then we've got to take a step back and rest in the shadow. Because we can't be resting in the shadow when we're running, literally or figuratively, constantly. It's not restful. The idea of, of being still... It also makes me think about what happens when our life kind of goes crash, what happens when, when things get crazy around us and, and unexpected circumstances happen. Um, for most of us, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself, for most of us, I think that it's our tendency to, like, fix it, right? We want to fix it. And so we run around and we're, like, trying to figure, all right, what are we going to do with this? How are we going to fix this? How are we going to make this happen? And we end up, like, frantically running around trying to fix things, and God is just saying, be still, right? Be still, rest in my shadow. Because we're trying to figure out what's next. What's going to happen next? How do we do this? How do we do this? But resting in the shadow of God means being still. Resting in the shadow of God means waiting on him. Because we rest in the shadow of the Almighty, we need to understand there's a pace to that shadow, right? If it's our goal to be within the shadow of the Almighty, there's a pace to that shadow. And that pace is not most of the time, not as fast as we would like it to be. We want an answer, right? We want an answer. We want to do this thing. We want to get on. Let's go, God. Come on. Let's fix this. Let's get this buggy rolling. And God says, no, wait on me. Just wait. Let's rest. Trust and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Think about those shadows that take all day long to move across that field, Right? They take all day long. Staying in the shadow of the Almighty means you have to be still and move as the sun moves. Oh, now we're switching metaphors. Mm -hmm, that's right. If we want to stay in the shadow of the Almighty, 
We have to move as the sun moves. And that may be a different pace than we're used to. That might be a slower pace. It is a slow pace. But we have to wait on God and we have to trust that he knows what he's doing in our lives. He's saying, wait on me. Be still and know that I'm God. Rest in my shadow. Move as I move. Be still. So we recognize that if we're going to be in a shadow, we're going to have to be close to it. We're going to have to have an intimate relationship with God. If we want to rest in the shadow, then we're going to have to be still. And thirdly, if we want to rest in the shadow, we have to be following. All right? We have to be following. That means he's out front. Because if we look at a shadow, to be in the shadow, you always have to be behind the object, right? The sun, whatever the source of light, is always going to be out here. And there's gonna, the, the object is always going to be in between you and that, that light, uh, source of light. So we're going to have to be following. We're going to have to be behind God. By definition, that's how a shadow works. So we've got to be second. We've got to be following. He's got to be leading. He's got to be the one out front. We can't be doing the leading, and, and we have to be doing the following. Psalm 23, let's read the whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with, with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a shepherd's song, right? How does a shepherd lead? How does a shepherd take care of his sheep? He's out in front, and he's leading. We are following He's in front. He leads me to green pastures. He leads me to quiet waters. Resting in the shadow of the Almighty means following his lead. We're not out in front. We're following his lead. We're not doing whatever we want to do out there in front and saying, God, bless me in my efforts. No, we're following his lead on things, right? We're following him in that. And look at this. Look at the scripture. It says, he leads me through the darkest valley. He leads me through the dark valley, not around it. Not over top of it, not under it. He leads me through the dark valley. But he is leading me. Because I'm protected by his leading. When I am in his shadow, when I am following him, he is leading and he is going in front of me. And I am following and I am finding rest and I am finding refuge and I am finding peace. Even in the darkest valley, it's there. Because I can follow him and I can trust him and I can know that he is God. The whole idea, Psalm 91 says that he is my refuge. He is my fortress. If there's going to be refuge, there's going to be something that we have to find refuge from, right? If, if we're going to find rest, then there has to be something that we're finding rest from. Following Jesus, resting in the shadow of the Almighty, does not mean that life's going to be peachy. It doesn't mean that. Life's still going to be tough. There's still going to be harsh conditions around us. When you think about a shadow, if the sun is out and it's a sweltering Kentucky August day, I don't know, it, it's nasty, it's hot, but if we're going to find ourselves resting in the shadow, then we get to be underneath that tree, right? We get to sit underneath that tree in the shade and we're protected from the harsh things that are around us, but the harsh things around us are still there. You get it? It's, it's still happening. We're still going to go through life. Tough times are still going to be there. 
but we get to rest in the shadow of the Almighty. We get to know that He is with us. We get to know that we're following Him. He is leading. Even though it's a dark valley, He's still leading. He's still God. He's still on the throne. And we get to trust Him in that. This is not really a shadow, but I love the, uh, on, a, on a hot day to be driving around with my windows down. And I love to stick my arm outside the window and do this. Anybody do that? Do you do that? Right? Up and down, up and down, up and down. And then I love to hit that sweet spot right behind the side mirror. You know what I'm saying? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? All of a sudden, all that resistance is gone. Well, it's not gone. It's still there. But we're in that sweet spot behind the mirror, right? And then you get to go, whoa, and about takes your arm off. That's what it means. That's what it means to rest in the shadow, right? They're back there doing this. I'm supposed to do this. All right. I can't do it. We're resting in the shadow. We're behind the mirror. The wind is still there. The chaos is still swirling around us. But we're right there. We're in that sweet spot resting behind God who is leading us forward. See that? It's still there. But if we want to follow God, if we're, for, if we're chasing after him, that is the sweet spot. Right there behind him. He's going in front of us. He is leading us. And we get to follow him and we get to rest in that. The shadow of a tree gives us refuge from the sun, but the sun is still blazing. But we get the rest and we get the shadow, we get the shade. In the same way, when we rest in God, there is refuge from the storm. The storm still happens, but there is safety, there is, there is refuge, there is, there is peace. It doesn't mean we're not going to have rough times. We are going to have rough times. It's just the nature of this world, but we have to believe that he has overcome the world. So being in the shadow is following him. It means he's leading. It means I'm following. And if he is leading and I am following, then he is first. He is out front and I am second. If we go to Matthew 6, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God is ahead of us. See that? God is ahead of us. We're following him. So he comes first. In all things, he comes first. We're seeking his kingdom first. Not my own. Not trying to build my kingdom here. I'm building his kingdom here. I'm seeking him first. He, and, and it's because it's in him we find refuge. Because it's in him that, 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 that we find all, all the peace that we're seeking in this world, right? Because it's in him. We're finding him in that place of safety and refuge. Because he is in front of my career he is in front of my family. He is in front of, of, of my hopes and my dreams. He comes first. He's in front. And then when God does something incredible in my life, God does something incredible through my life, he gets the glory. Because the sun is shining on him, right? That light is on him. That's where we are standing in the shadow, and it's not a bad thing. He comes first. He gets the credit. He gets the glory for the things that he does in my life. My life exists to make him famous. I believe that. I believe that. He's leading. He's out in front, and he is, he is first. I am second. My hopes and my dreams come second to his, to his plans. Y'all want to stand back up to your feet? Ultimately, we know we can say that, that I'm following his lead and he comes first because ultimately I know that, that he's good and that his plans for me are good. 
And if I'm following him, that doesn't mean bad stuff's not going to happen to me, but that means that I'm going to keep following him because I know that he is good. If the prayer team wants to come up too, y'all come on forward. I don't know what you're feeling right now. I don't know if this message made any sense at all. But I feel like there's times in our lives when we just get burnt. We're out, we're in the blazing sun, we're in the harsh conditions, and we've got nothing on our own. All we can do is wander around on our own. But if we can find rest in the shadow of the Almighty, that is where our hope lies. That is where our peace lies. In that place, in that sweet spot, in his protection. So I don't know if you're feeling burnt. If life's got you by, by the tail right now, it feels like it's swinging you around in circles. But we want to pray for you. Because I know that being in his will and following his lead also means doing that as a community, doesn't it? We don't do this alone. Don't do it alone. These couple of people up here want to pray for you. If, I promise you, if somebody comes up and goes praise with them, somebody else is going to come up. We just want to invite you to be able to experience prayer. We want to pray with you. We want to pray over you. And, and we want to do this together with you. Because we can rest in his shadow together. This is, a, this is a place where we can do that.